another episode of The Coach's Notes. In this episode, I get together with a couple of my learning and development friends. And I get together with them because I wanted to have a discussion about what they are finding out in the field in terms of working with leaders and specifically leaders working in a pandemic world and finding themselves having to lead remote workforces where they didn't start off 2020 with the idea of leading a remote team. And so I wanted to get their thoughts, uh, opinions, observations of what they have been finding out in the field. Not that the field is us getting out <laughs> and seeing people in person, but, you know, via our interactions that we're having with leaders via Zoom and telephone and, and other interactive modes that keeping us sort of socially distanced or distanced from uh, people. Okay, so without further ado, here we go. Hi, Jen Brown. I am a leadership uh, management development consultant specializing in uh, just that, leadership and management development, skills for business and uh, coaching, uh, one-to-one or group team coaching. And how long yeah. have you been in this business? Oh, in this business particularly now about 14 years. 14 years. Originally employed in a learning and development team and the last four years uh, freelance. Because that's where we met. We met as I was, uh, I was like, um, uh, what would you call it? So I was, well, so you were a client. So what, what did that yeah, make me? Was I, yeah, I was, I was well, a supplier, I wasn't you, I? Yeah. You were a supplier, <laughs> yeah. a consultant. Yeah, I was a supplier. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember you You scared me clay. Meeting you the first time was just amazing. What a character you are. Oh, yes, we and met. I, it was, yeah. was it Darby that we, we met? We did. We did in Darby. We were, yeah, Egg. And we were we were both working down there together with the, the teams together. Yeah. But and I was we, trying we, to, I remember trying to make you work out. You did, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you being such a, you know, health fitness freak. And you gave me some weak excuses as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I said, you know, I'd quite like to. Come on. Yeah, I'd quite like to do that. And you said, let's go for a run. And I said, no, Clay, I can't go for a run. I don't have my trainers. And you said, well, that's not a problem. Just come out and meet me in the hotel corridor in your socks, and we'll run up and down the hotel. Corridor. Exactly. <laughs> what? Who is this guy? <laughs> no excuses. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not. I'm not one for lots of excuses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we also have Lindsay. We're on the line as well. You want to introduce yourself, Lindsay? Yep. Thanks, Clay. Uh, so I'm Lindsay Weir, and I'm an executive and leadership coach. I also do leadership and management development uh, consultancy. So very, very similar. Again, I've been out on my own as a consultant associate, and that has been since 2012. And prior to that, I had another kind of like 15 years working with L&D uh, teams, again, doing a lot of leadership and management. Cool. And when, when did we first meet? Oh, that's got to have been about 15, 16 years ago. But was that in London or did I meet you up in Scotland? I can't remember. I think initially it was in Scotland. Right. And then we were putting different projects in usually Sterling. together. Was it Sterling? Yeah, in yeah, Sterling. Okay, got you. Yeah. Yes, I remember. 
And yeah, so yeah, so we worked together in in that capacity, didn't we? Then do we went on a course together, the three of us, didn't we? We did. We yeah, did that okay. whole coaching journey, which was fantastic, and yeah. actually was what set me off on my whole, you know, getting into the sort of coach training programs, running them now, and then also. Because she was big into sales, didn't you? Come from a sales background, was that? Yep. Was it, yeah, both Jen and I also. Both yeah, we okay, both yes. came from a sales oh, background okay, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Started out doing sales training yeah. and then it moved over to the whole soft skills, communication, um, style, behavior, all of that stuff, all covered off. All right. So so we got three L&D folks on the line here getting ready to talk about leadership. So what, are you, what, so what, what have you found in terms of the clients and things that you work with now? How are people dealing? First, I guess, what's your thoughts on the whole sort of pandemic and this you know, working remotely now. What are some of the challenge of is of leading a team in that fashion now? So I think one of the things I've found is that um, the the organisations that I've worked with have been considering this whole working from home and is it going to work and will people work hard enough or you know will we just find ourselves that we've employed a bunch of slackers and I think they've discovered that this working from home stuff does work and people people do work hard if, if not even more productively at home so I think we're going to find that um, even once we're past this pandemic hopefully sooner rather than later that um, we'll not go back to offices being as full as they ever were. I think it's going to maybe, you know, settle somewhere 50-50 and there'll be much more working from home. And people are finding that they they quite like it, although they do miss, even the people that really loved it in the beginning are beginning to miss that um, touch point with other people and the ease of the corridor chat or the chat across the desk because they're not just picking up the phone you know where we might have shouted across the desk hey Clay I'm, I'm dealing with this and I was thinking that what do you think you know those conversations don't happen and we don't right. just pick up the phone to each other or get on a zoom with each other just to ask that really quick question so I think that's one of the challenges of it. So did you find that then quite that people feel isolated in that sense? As in, you're right, if we were in the same room together, even if we're not speaking, um, you know, I, I'm aware of your presence. And then if I have a question, I can just look over the cubicle or, or walk across the way and have that conversation versus exactly that. having to see if you're available on Teams or, or what have you. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly that. And I think people tend to just go on Teams or Zoom or, you know, whichever platform they happen to be using. If it's planned in, you know, and it's in the diary, I don't think they're tending to just do that little meerkat thing mm. over the over the desk and say, hey, pal, you got a minute. Yeah. They're not tending to do that. So I do think maybe that there is a, a, a trick in there somehow that we're going to have to find where people can find a way that's more natural to do that, even when, you know, we are isolated and, and working from home, pandemic or no pandemic. Yeah. You know? Now, Lindsay, you've done psychometrics um, and certified in them. And one of the you know, you, we hear about the extrovert and introvert, and so most people are familiar with that dynamic. Now, 
it's been my experience that introverted or people who have that preference towards introversion have loving it because they hear I got my little space and I'm chilled. I don't have to be doing all this socializing. And so it's almost the tables are reversed. Have you found that people who are uh, more on the extroversion side struggling with this whole working from home and being sort of isolated from, from people? Do you know, it's been a real mix. So I think I've done quite a lot with the people that are, are normally more introvert and you're, you're spot on at the beginning. They're going, this is so much better. I work really well in my own. I can interact when I want to. I don't need to be in camera all the time or always surrounded by people. But I think what they were still missing was similar to what Jen said. See these coffee machine chats mm. where you've still got a bit of personal interaction one-on-one with people where you're able to find out a bit more about how things are for them, share a bit about how things are with you, then I think even those that are quite introverted have been finding the loss of those chats quite challenging. And then on those in the sort of extrovert scale who, yeah, bounce and get their energy from other people, there still seems to be a bit of a dynamic that now that we're on camera, and we're maybe on back-to-back Zoom calls or meetings all day, is that you're never getting a chance to switch off. So even the extroverts by the end of the day are feeling quite tired and exhausted because it's a different type of being on instead of actually physically being in a room with people. I'm saying, what kind of extroverts do you know, man? (laughs) 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 All the ones I know have been going nuts. They're like, I hate this. really struggle with it um and a, and a couple that i'm thinking of in particular is that um one it's as you say there's the dynamic of you know i draw my energy from others and i'm at my best when i'm around others like physically in there but i found that some of them was like you know it's it's where they go to be themselves and then they come home you know the drive home they decompress and then they yep. can come and relax but now they don't get to expend that energy yeah. sort of outwards. And they're just kind of, you know, I'm in my little swamp here. And, you know, if, if you're, especially if you don't have, you know, kids and a partner, like some of the experts I know, they're just on their own, literally. There's like no one else in the house. Yeah. Um, and I think they've kind of struggled even harder in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Because the camera is never going to, help give you that actual human connection and as you say if if you are working in your own and you live in your own that's really hard to replicate yeah. in any way so yeah it's going to be very very tough for those and, that are and I can't extroverted just in that. jump up and say hey I gotta actually dial <laughs> which is absolutely crazy yeah. so on that um and what about like you know if I'm a leader of a team and you know I've got 10 12 people in my team how are leaders keeping up with how their team is feeling? Um, and again, just how they're, how they're getting on in a sort of well-being mindset kind of frame. Because it's easy, I think, you know, working in remotely. Unless we're on a Zoom call, once we hang that up, you know, you're just by yourself. And even when we're on the Zoom call, you know, I can only see so much on this little screen. And if there's 10 of us, again, you're very, like you guys are all very tiny um, when we're not, when you're not the one that's speaking necessarily. So I don't get to see all of you or the body language. So how are leaders picking up on coping with and helping people through um, 
you know, potentially very isolating situation? Well, what I've been finding is that um, the, the, the people who are kind of your more modern leader, I suppose, you know, back, back, back in the day, back when I was a lass, um, leaders were seen as these kind of very commanding, all-seeing, all-knowing, I've got all the answers, I'll make all the decisions. And, and you know, they were, they were very kind of in charge. But I think modern leadership and what we're learning now is that you know there is there is no one recipe of human being that makes for a good leader and actually leadership is much more uh, caring and sharing and, and leaders get to be you know less than perfect and a bit more vulnerable and human you know mm. we're all human beings so I think those ones who are more human and are more um, you know kind of in touch with how people are feeling, showing more of that emotional intelligence, you know. Um, they're the ones who have been maybe picking up the phone and talking to people one by one. What, if, what I'm finding is it's taking um, to think about that. It's taken to consider that and consciously decide what you're going to do about it. And it's taking those leaders time out of their day to make sure that they stay in contact with each of their people and understand each of their people as an individual with different lives with different challenges with different needs you know how do you balance um, all of that out with also running your business as well so that sounds like well, a lot of phone calls that you have to do, but yeah, you also yeah. have the business in to do. How do you balance yeah, that all that? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think this is where people are coming to now. You know, we at the start of this pandemic, we were finding that um, it was the caring, sharing, and it was the human as aspect. And and the most important thing was to make sure that all your people were okay and they were safe and they were healthy and they had what they needed. And then it went to, do they have the kit that they need to be able to work from home so that we can get some level of productivity out of them? Now what I'm finding is that businesses are, are challenged on the financial front as well. And so they're having now to turn their attention to, yeah, we have to do all of that stuff and we have to maintain all of that and continue to do all of that. But we also still have to have a business and make a profit. Otherwise, one day we won't have a business and the financial well-being of our people is not going to be there. But the conversation that I've been having with people is maybe you're, you're – judgment of what productivity is has to change you know and what it, what is it that those people are there to achieve are they achieving at the end of the day what their purpose is in their job role rather than counting the number of tasks that they do mm. you know now, um, now Lindsay's a for whatever reason in my head I recall you being a kind of a numbers goal oriented person um so from a leader point of view you know, there's some leaders that they need to see the people, they need to see what they're up and what they're doing, and then I can give you that little nudge. Um, how are those types of leaders able to to deal with, you know, having a remote work team? And then also to that, to add to that, would be how do you maintain the level of productivity? So what do I have to do? What do I have to change to make sure that I'm maintaining and even exceeding the productivity levels given that people are remote? Yeah, it's been a big, big challenge. So two of the key elements that I've been speaking to a lot of the leaders about is one, trust. 
because there, you need high levels of trust to trust that your people are being productive, they're doing what you need them to be able to do, and they know what it is that they need to achieve. So they know what the purpose is overall and what the why is for what they are you're looking to get from them but also without them feeling as though you are constantly on them or checking up for what it is they are doing so I'm hearing a lot from teams that they feel guilty if they're not on all the time and they're not being visible for what we're doing we're hearing leaders talk about how can they be present with their teams in the right way so just getting that level of presence right where it's not too much and it's not too little and they've got the emotional intelligence to be checking in with the person as a person as well as how productive they're actually being mm. and ensuring they've, they've got all the tools that they need to be able to achieve that so it's a real tightrope and balancing act and, and the leaders are struggling with it mm. as are a lot of the teams that think they're, they're still trying to find that ground that is just the right balance two two things one is and you can take whichever one you want to go with because i'm going to say what if you don't have trust in your team how do you build trust or you can answer the question of what can you talk a little bit more about emotional intelligence i'm interested in both of those answers but you choose which one so because you know yeah trust it's big and i think sometimes leaders you know, Jen mentioned about, you know, the old school kind of leader maybe was one that was a command and control type, whereas this very much calls for a decentralized aspect, which requires huge amounts of trust that people are doing what they need to do. Um, they're going to have the deliverables and the outcome. But if that trust is low, um, how do you, how can you build that kind of trust remotely? Yeah, and a lot of that's going to be the challenge. I mean, what, what I've seen a lot of is teams actually being set up during COVID. So you might not even, as a leader, you may not even have personally have met the people that you now have within ah. your team. So you don't have a track record with them. You know, if you think of COVID's pillars of trust, you don't have a track record already. They don't know what your, you know, your working style is going to be. They don't know what your integrity is like. They don't know what your skills and things are. It's, it's So it's really about being brave and being vulnerable and explaining who you are as an individual, what your leadership style is like and understanding as much about the person and contracting for how you're going to work together. What is the expectations on both sides and being really super clear on the purpose and how you're going to work together. Okay. So I've seen a lot of contracting and recontracting for how teams are going to work together in the virtual world. And then it's it's about ensuring that the actions are matching the words and that you do follow up what you're going to follow up. You do um, behave with oh, that integrity. Listen, listen, now if I don't do that, how are you having a difficult conversation? Because normally we get people in the room Yep. If they're not performing and then we have our little tough chat, um, but I can see your body language, you can see my displeasure or you know, how is how am yep. I having these difficult conversations in, in re relation to what you just said? It's, it's a difficult one because with that, that's taken us into a whole other element. And for <laughs> me, that's about how can you be really curious? Because as you say, what a team member might be telling you is happening 
you're only getting a snapshot in time from what, what might actually be going on with that person. So the importance of a leader, that, that links into the emotional intelligence of being really curious and really trying to understand what things are like in the whole system for that person and what might be causing the, the need for that challenging conversation to arise. Mm. Because I think if they jump straight in or make any assumptions, people are struggling in different ways with different things and you just don't really know what's happening just now. Yeah, because it's tough now. Because if you got, especially if you got like a family and you're having to homeschool because you got kids that are in school, and suddenly you know, parents have found themselves homeschooling and working from home and on, and then trying to have a home, like maintain the home. So I have to do everything in that one little space that I maybe had school to ship the kids off to, go to work. You can, you know be you at work and then decompress and come home but now it's all happening and contained in um uh, a one space which has been quite yeah. mad uh, and challenging i think so jen um what as it is it is uh work life week national yeah. work life week and we've been talking a lot about what leaders can do for their teams. What you got any suggestions for how leaders can take care of themselves so that they're able to take care of their teams? Kind of the old, um, you know, when you're on the airlines and they say... Own mask first, own yeah. Own mask first. So what can leaders do to take care of themselves so that they are available to give that kind of energy to their teams? Yeah, well, absolutely. I think it's, there's no one size fits all, is there? I think leaders have to take a step back, maybe take some time to stop and and consider themselves, you know. And I think that's what a lot of people don't do. They don't stop and, and just take time to, to step back and look at the, the bigger picture, try to understand what's going on, because we're all just like you said, you know, many of us are just... Um, there, there's so much piled upon us at the moment, so many differing demands on our time all at the same time and all in the same space. So I do think taking some time out to think about what do I need, what works for me, you know, for some people that's going for a, a run you know, like you, Clay, even if that's up and down the corridor and, you know, where you don't have your trainers. Some people are going out, they're doing exercise. Some people are using meditation. Me, myself, I've been using, you know, a kind of combination of exercise, hit, yoga, walks, running to give me that time and space away from those competing and multiple demands but that's not the right answer for everyone you know for some people maybe it's a hot bath for some people maybe it's time cuddling your kids but I think leaders absolutely own mask first works if you don't take the time to step back and think right okay what's going to work for me what's going to keep me level and balanced here what's going to keep me you know, from from being stressed and too worried about everything to really be able to see it with an open mind and do that for themselves first. But then I think that's a great conversation then mm. for those leaders to have with their people, you know. And, and if you think that there's something going on, as Lindsay says, if a leader thinks that there's something going on that they're not really seeing with their person, Find a way maybe to have a conversation, lift the phone or get on a video call somehow using whatever platform, you know, and pay attention to those signals that you get that are the non-verbal 
signals you know what's the tone of voice like what's their body language like you know be really curious about when you get that that instinct that there's something going on here and I'm not really very sure what it is ask questions about that and then maybe you know have that that humility and that vulnerability where you can share the things that are stressing you and the things that are worrying you and the things that you are doing about it be prepared to give those people your time your ear and where they need it some space you know without yeah. being down on the productivity you know um, <laughs> you're going to get yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've got you've, you've got and you know you'll get much more out of people if you show that that care for them they will appreciate that and if you give them a little bit of time and a little bit of space you'll get that back you know with interest now here's something for you Lindsay. so if i'm doing all this stuff that Jin's just suggesting right now this term that's come up a lot or more frequently now is zoom fatigue yeah so the only way that i have to um communicate my business and stuff and uh, work life i'm doing it by zoom i'm doing my yoga by zoom i'm meeting my friends by zoom everything's happening by zoom in this little box screen so how am i dealing with zoom fatigue and and also balancing zoom fatigue out without neglecting folks because what i get back from people is that they feel like they want to make out and reach out to the teams more but then they get a sense that the team is tired of them reaching out because i gotta get back on zoom or i gotta you know yeah and so yeah how do you balance that out by not over fatiguing people but at the same time if i don't make that contact then uh, stand to maybe miss something or lose someone or not be there for someone. Definitely. And I think it's it's a couple of things. So firstly, around the Zoom fatigue, it's ensuring that you and your teams are taking breaks away from the screens so that you're not on constantly. Um, also, there's been some good conversations between when to have the camera on, when not to have the camera on, because not everybody's going to be comfortable all of the time continually being in camera because it can feel as though they're being watched all the time they they always need to be a hundred percent on and and they're maybe just not comfortable with that Mm. but there's also the whole thing around there's different ways that you can still check in with your team I've heard some great things that teams have been doing to try and replicate some of those coffee machine chats or the chats at the beginning of the day or the end of the day and what they've been doing is maybe introducing some meetings where the agenda's got nothing to do with work. They maybe get you to bring an item that means something to you or that represents the type, type of day that you've had. You show it on your camera and then you talk about your day. Yeah. You talk about how you're feeling. Yeah. Or you all go and grab a coffee and then you just sit and it is just a conversation checking in with one another where there's nothing mentioned around work productivity or anything else creating polls for your teams where they can be anonymous but you're asking them how they're feeling and checking in with them there's just so many different things that leaders can do without it feeling as though it has to be an intense one-on-one camera interaction all the time okay now that's interesting it's interesting um so it's almost having that blend of the camera off camera on so to take the pressure off because when the camera's on you feel 
like you've got to one, I've got to make sure I at least have a top one or something, you know. Want <laughs> 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 it off, I can be however I want to be. Um, and yeah, so having a, having some meetings with the camera on, some with it off. Um, and then that varied, you know, sometimes let's just get together and chat about some stuff. One of the things that um, I recommend to people sometimes, especially like on the extroverted end, is co-working via Zoom. And I do this sometimes as an independent, as in, I actually don't want to talk to you, but let's go on Zoom. And I got you over on my, you know, on the so iPad, for instance, and say I can hear you and look up and see you working and you see me working. But it's another person in the room as if we were in the office. And then if I did want to just go, you know, or, you know, I'm taking a sip of my Pepsi and I see you relaxing too, we can just start chatting. So um, I do recommend that, you know, people maybe try that sometimes, just have a Zoom co-work type thing um, and independence as well. So, yeah, no, awesome. So um, we're coming up probably just about on a half an hour here. So on this sort of final round, um, if I can get, if you could just maybe pass on maybe one or two tips that you would say for leaders working or finding themselves leading a, a, a remote team, and what would those, that tip or a couple of tips be? Should we start with you, Jen, since you're still on the screen? <laughs> okay. So I reckon uh, my two top tips would be what we've already said. You know, take take care of yourself. Unmask first and try not to expect too much of yourself or others. Just be just be reasonable, you know, and, and expect that... Uh, we really can have this work-life balance when our work and our life are in the same room at the same time uh, just now. So that would be my one top one top tip. Second top tip, I would say, is clarity. And this is kind of on the productivity side. If you can really be as clear as possible with every member in your team and yourself about what are the expectations of what we are going to produce today as a team and as individuals and be really clear about that then people know where they're heading they know what they've to have achieved by the end of the day or the end of the week or the month or the year the quarter you know whatever it is that the clarity of what's expected around here and let's just give ourselves a, a, a break this is a tough time so you know mm. take easy awesome Lindsay so my first one would be around keep the conversation going, keep contracting between yourself and your teams. We're all learning through this. This is new to all of us. Even if you've been used to working remotely before, this is a whole different kind of working remotely because half our options are taken away from what we can do and how we can check in with people. So just keep keep the lines of communication open, keep contracting and recontracting for what's working for you what's not working quite so well, and then how you can adapt. Yeah, awesome. And my, and my other one is around making sure we're, we're continually calling out the good stuff and the successes. You know, no matter how small, when somebody's achieved something, when they have um, produced something that you've asked them to produce, when we've learned something great, just celebrate those successes with individuals and with teams so that it keeps that positive, that whole positivity out there and more of the great stuff shows up. Awesome. No, thank you. And I would add my two would be one, making sure as a leader that you are um, outcome focused. So leading back into your trust piece. So 
and the clarity piece. So if I know what my outcomes are, uh, let me let your teams work to those outcomes so they have flexibility uh, in their working day or where if I've got the kids at home or the spouses here or, you know, so I've got some flexibility in how I use my time so I can rethink my relationship to time as long as I meet the outcome set, you know, or, or set for me, being clear about that. And the other thing is um, the creativity and variety. So, yeah, we can just get on the Zoom and, you know, get bored. We're just looking at us on the screen but you know you can use breakout rooms and have smaller sessions and with the team do maybe like a you know a randomized kind of breakout room so that you do a kind of a round robin type thing maybe use some of the other tools like jam boards from google or um uh uh, was it Mitermeter? Meter? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's it, Mentimeter. Uh, you know, just use some more creative tools to vary things up for people to kind of maybe um, relieve some of the, the Zoom fatigue piece. Yeah. All right, so great. It's been fantastic. One, to catch up with you both, because I haven't seen you in ages, even before the pandemic i hadn't seen you for a long time so it's been great to uh to catch up in this this fashion and, and to see you all yeah fab to see you too awesome loving this Good all job. right cool oh so before we go i'd be i would be a bad podcast host if i didn't ask you to say where can people find you if they wanted to get in touch with you or to see more what you were about so um, if you just uh, find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jen Brown or Jennifer, if I give myself my proper name <laughs> uh, and my company name is J7 Evolve Limited. Awesome. Cool. Lindsay? Uh, yep. Same. You will find me on LinkedIn and my company name is Aspire to Be Coaching and Development Limited and the website just aspiretobe.co. Awesome. Aspire to be. Aspire to be great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I like it. 